Welcome to 1202, the Human Factors Podcast. The podcast that covers all things about humans, technology, and particularly the bit in between. With your host, Barry Kirby. Thank you very much and welcome to this special episode of the 1202 Human Factors Podcast. In light of um, where we are, and I hope everybody's keeping two metres apart from each other and you're keeping, um, everyone is keeping safe, uh, we wanted to really get into uh, the, the, the nuances between, behind working from home. A lot of us have been asked to go and work from home, but and certainly from a Human Factors Practitioner perspective, I think we all probably understand a lot of the basics. But there's nothing like getting a true specialist on board. And I'm absolutely delighted that uh, Kirsty Angrove, who you might know better as the travelling ergonomist, uh, has agreed to come and have a bit of a chat with us today. She's been on a very busy schedule, I'm aware, because she's um, been talking to quite a lot of organisations. So thank you, Kirsty, for taking the time to come and spend it with us. Of course. Um, Yeah, thank you so much, Barry. I really appreciate coming on to the podcast I've been listening to your podcast for the last few weeks so I'm, I'm really excited to be um, one of the members on it and hopefully we can provide some people with with some tips and guidance that's fantastic and I've got I guess I've got to um, firstly put a bit of a commendation in there because the whole reason for me setting up a podcast was actually inspired um, in no small part by your good self because when I was um, starting to listen to podcasts um, there was only really one podcast in the UK that I found and that was you and so I want to thank you for the inspiration Uh, but can you tell us a bit more uh, we will do a more in-depth interview at some point in the future um, but can you just give us a bit of an oversight on what it is you do? Yeah so I've been working in the field of ergonomics for the last 10 years and two years ago I started my own business as the traveling ergonomist and the reason I called it that was because I have been traveling around the world working with global corporates and setting up their ergonomics programs anything from doing employee assessments all the way up to leadership training and everything in between really and I do that with corporates all around the world so it made sense that the traveling ergonomist was born so I've been consulting now with my own business for two years and as you said started the podcast a year ago just to impart more and more knowledge to companies so that they're making the appropriate decisions for their employees and you know ultimately that helps the business as well in the future too but really our job as ergonomists is to is to help people more than anything and that's what I'm most of all passionate about fantastic so the main thing we're going to do is is how to work from home uh we've all been in directions to work from home if we possibly can and i guess in the grand scheme of things this is mainly looking at office-based people um so people who normally work at a desktop or a laptop or um and that type of thing and this poses a lot of new challenges it's it's about remote working it's about making sure that you um you, you take them disciplines that you've hopefully will have in your office environment and bring them to the home environment. But then you've got pets, you might have family, you might have um, the wife, husband, partner asking you to have a coffee with them. And why can't you just nip out and do that bit of DIY and things like that? So from your perspective, from what you've seen, where does the home environment differ from the office environment? So in terms of ergonomics principles and the way you would set up yourself at home versus the office in terms of general principles nothing really changes you know I can teach you about those principles and really whatever environment you work in you should be able to take that on board and figure out what to do ultimately what does change though is what equipment we have available to us 
yeah, it's, uh, I, it, and that's going to be the thing, isn't it? Because um, you don't have the beautiful chair. You don't have um, all, all the um, advice you get and all that sort of stuff. So what do you need as the basic minimum to get it right, do you think? I think there's a couple of things that businesses need to provide guidance on for their employees. And the first instance is, I, I know this sounds like really like a common sense thing to say but I don't think people are really taking this on board enough and they should is actually wake up and plan your day when are you going to take your breaks when are you going to spend time with your family your partner your children when are you going to take that time to take phone calls or just do some movement for yourself whether that's exercise or getting out and about and definitely plan that because that will just help to structure your day and give everyone the opportunity to to have you because if you are someone who has a partner or wife husband kids in you know they do want they do want a bit of you and you you are still working at the same time so the first things first is to plan your day communicate with everybody and make sure that everyone's on the same wavelength you know I think at the moment people realize that not everything's going to be perfect I've been on phone calls where the dog is barking in the background and someone's <laughs> screaming out from downstairs to, to get my attention so it's not perfect, but if you can communicate that, then that's really important. And secondly, then, is to try and set up a space in your house and choose a space that maybe is away from your bedroom if you can, just because it just gives you a different area to work from than where you would normally rest and sleep. I realise that a lot of people don't have the luxury of separate spaces and maybe bedroom is the space to work from. And that's absolutely fine, to be honest. I'm in my bedroom right now because I've set it up exactly how I want it. It's got loads of light coming in and I feel the most comfortable here anyway. So just figure out what space you really feel comfortable in. I've got to admit that I'm in my bedroom too at the moment and that's because I've been booted out of the space that I'd set up for myself. Um, and I guess this goes in some way to what you were saying because we're having to balance everything that's going on in the household. Uh, my daughter's trying to do her... Uh, lessons at the moment so she's having to take that sort of space and also what do you think about experimenting with different areas because surely it's just going to take time for us to get used to it isn't it Barry you know I've been working you know re realistically I've probably been a remote worker for 10 years because of the job I do I can work in any country any client any industry as well I could be in a manufacturing facility or an office or at home so I've been doing this for quite some time and more predominantly the last two years so I've kind of got a grasp as to how working from home works for me personally and I have to say it's not something that happens overnight it takes time to figure out what works well for people honestly you know I, we've got a study downstairs and I really like being in the study because I can close the door it's got quite a lot of light coming in and it's got a proper desk and chair Having said that, though, it's right on the side where cars drive past. And so mm. it does become quite noisy. And so for me, when I'm doing focused work or getting on phone calls, I come up to the other side of the house in my bedroom to make that happen. So it is going to take time for people. Like I, I would say to people, don't stress if you haven't found the perfect space at home yet. And it might take a few days and it might take a couple of weeks for you to really get that proper space for you so don't stress about that it will take time and just work work with it that's really cool you you mentioned about the you know having a setup office do you think we need to buy 
the expensive bits of kits because there's i don't know about you but i sort of look at the you know um amazon and places where you can go and buy stuff and suddenly the the ergonomic chair the ergonomic mouse the uh, we, are, are you pushing that sort of stuff or do you think um how how would you think we should be looking around equipment at the home i think as always it's about assessing what you've got at home what have you actually got have you got a table and chair and what does that look like have you got a laptop have you got equipment already with that laptop? And if not, what can we decipher and what do you need to get? Do I think that people need to go and buy the most expensive ergonomic equipment on the market? Absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> you know, do I think that good ergonomic equipment does make a, for a better workplace? Absolutely, I do. And I think you employers would be doing their employees a disservice if they weren't looking at good robust adjustable equipment for their staff i think that's ultimately important but we're in this weird time at the moment where we are working from home and the reality is the budget might not be there to give all staff that perfect set of equipment that's not to say that we still don't have a duty of care and we should provide some equipment or you should be given some budget or some guidance on it but no, we don't need to go buy all this fancy equipment for home. We can we can do with a few bits of really good equipment and, you know, do a bit of DIY. <laughs> I, say, I, I saw a, um, a, a colleague having made a, a laptop stand out of an old Haribo tub. Um, I thought that was quite, quite ingenious, really. You are listening to 1202, the Human Factors Podcast. We wanted to take the opportunity to say thank you for your support. You can help further by rating us through your podcast provider, sharing us through social media, and telling your friends and colleagues. Let's work together in raising awareness of the value and putting users at the center of what we do. I guess with a lot of this stuff, it is suck it and see, see how it goes. Um, and then a bit like you would do in the office, that uh, if you find you have a need, then get in touch with the employer. I do believe also the uh, the government is making available, certainly for businesses, grants available to encourage and allow people to work from home. So as a bit of a plug for the government, I guess, is to go onto the, um, onto the government website. There is more details of that sort of stuff available. So there should be no real excuse about not being able to have, you know, the, the right gear and the appropriate gear to do the job, um, including technology as well as, as, as the comfort stuff. Do you think there is a need for... Um, the DSE assessment approach, and maybe we should be rolling out, um, uh, I guess, more more knowledge and understanding about what people could, how they could do self DSEs. What do you think? I guess actually, before I boot in with that, could you just briefly explain what a DSE is, just for people who don't understand? Really interesting conversation right now. So DSE uh, stands for Display Screen Equipment, and the Display Screen Equipment guidelines occur from the Health and Safety at Work Act 1974, and they've been out for I think just under 30 years now. The reality is they haven't been updated since that time, so <laughs> potentially they are a bit archaic and don't have all the up-to-date research information in it, but they do provide a good basic framework for companies and employees. Um, typically with a DSC assessment, uh, as a business, you are liable to provide each employee who works with a computer for longer than two hours a day with a DSC assessment. That can be a self-assessment or a face-to-face -face assessment or an online assessment. And there's kind of a few caveats. You either do one if you're going through some significant change in the office, like an office refurbishment, an office move. 
one of your employees has got injured and they need to be assessed um, or you're just perhaps pregnant if you're if you're a woman and you're going through that process what does that look like so there's a few areas where you would want to conduct CSE assessments just to cover yourself as a business and to just inform your employees on better health and better performance the health and safety executive about five days ago posted on LinkedIn that businesses do not need to do DSE assessments in this current climate that we're in because they are classed as temporary home workers. So it's a, it's a difficult situation. From my perspective, I don't think we need to go and do DSE assessments for every individual, but I do think it's paramount that we provide some kind of guidance in the form of newsletters, webinars and communications and then deal with people from an individual basis whether they've had historic issues or they are pregnant or have just come back from maternity leave brilliant so in in essence yes we like I said from a legal perspective we don't need it but it's still not a bad framework to have a look at and just i guess self-reflect and um what you're doing um i guess that also then leads us into behaviors doesn't it because it's not just about the technology it's uh, as you've alluded to earlier about having your plan for the day what behaviour should we, we be adopting in the homework and environment, do you think? A couple. <laughs> A couple of behaviours. Really, the first one is to figure out how we can get into the habit of putting our bodies into a neutral posture. And when I say neutral posture, I basically mean putting your body into a position that you're not unnecessarily stretching, you're not sitting awkwardly, or putting your body into an awkward position that's going to cause you pain or harm. If I can simply put it, a neutral posture is me sat down now, feet flat on the floor, shoulders down and relaxed, elbows by my side, hands in my lap and in a slightly reclined position and my head looking straight ahead. That's a pretty neutral posture. I'm not awkward. I'm set up. I'm comfortable. I'm supported. Do I want to sit here like this all day? No, I feel comfortable <laughs> right now. But if I don't move in the next, you know, 30 to 60 minutes, then I still might get some fatigue and some discomfort. So number one is get your body into a neutral posture and figuring out how that works with the devices that you're working with. And number two, making sure you're moving regularly. And it has to be at least every hour and more ideal two or three times an hour. And that's really cool. I guess the, um, and in that, in that wider bit as well, it's, it's, we can set up the day to do what it is that we want to do. Um, and I guess most employers are um, should be looking at this as well because you know right now it's beautiful beautiful and sunny outside so I want to go and take my coffee break out in the garden which obviously you wouldn't be able to do in the office environment so let's make the most of what it is that we've got um, and that will surely allow us to work for longer. One of the things that I get beaten over by the um, by my better half is also about the, keeping an eye on my working hours. So we're not, we, when you're working from home, you tend to have this idea that you can overcompensate, that you can work for longer. And that, that's got to be quite detrimental, surely. Yeah, I think um, what we're going to find is people will be coming home now and probably working longer hours. First of all, because we kind of can, we've got our devices right there and then we can set up the workstation and, and work more hours. And particularly because we've reduced our commuting times, we think, oh, we better use that time to work more. I would say for, I would say don't change what you would normally do. So if you are someone that's going to do a couple of hours in the evening, continue to do that. You, you don't need to change the world and change your habits completely because that's going to stress people out as well. 
but I would say try and figure out a timeline as to when it does become home life as opposed to work life because you know you've got a duty of care for your family as well and your partner your husband and wife your children or your housemates you know if you're living at home with housemates now your students or graduates you know they want to see you they want to communicate with you so don't work all god hours god god hours sins but um you know figure figure that out for yourself really i think what is most comfortable for you so for me i'm an early bird so 6 to 7 a.m is usually the time i get up and that's when i'm going to do my best work up until about 2 p.m 2 to 4 p.m is likely when i'm going to probably go in the garden take a break have a have a coffee have a snack probably a sweet treat um i've got a really bad sweet tooth and then <laughs> after four o'clock i might come back inside and do a few more hours work but i've at least had a couple of hours where i've had a chance to relax and, and figure things out and just rejuvenate but for some people they might want to do their normal nine to five and switch off at five for the evening just just work it out for you and what works comfortably and don't stress yourself out if you're someone who wants to work a couple of extra hours and it's not going to stress you out then go for it but if you feel like it's going to affect your family life then then hold back on those extra couple hours that's a really good shout the um one of the things I quite liked on the bottom of a colleague's email that I got was the first line, you know, where you have the this this is the, not the opinion of the company and all that sort of stuff. But he inserted a line above that that said, we work flexibly. Don't just because you're receiving this email at an odd time doesn't mean you have to respond straight away. Don't let my hours reflect yours. And I thought that was quite a nice punch to, to sort of turn around and say, look, we are, we are all working differently now. Um, and the, and you, you just because we, we have our devices and just because you you receive something, do, you don't have to act on it straight away. I agree. I mean, oh. I, as the travelling ergonomist, I work with clients all the way in Australia and New Zealand at the moment. And, you know, while, while I'm sleeping, they're emailing me for things. And sometimes my phone will kind of beep and notify me. And I'm like, no, Kirsty, turn the phone off because you can't be working at three in the morning. So you're right, just put those boundaries in place and pop it in an email and say, I'm sending you this email, but I don't expect you to reply straight away. Just reply when you're back online. Yeah, good shout. Um, obviously, we've just touched on, on on a few quite high-scale topics, but if I want more advice, if I want more thoughts, and um, how could I either engage with yourself or do you have online material that we could go and reference? Yeah, so... Um, a couple of ways really I, I would guess any ergonomist at the moment who works in office or corporate environments connect with us i you know online via linkedin or through the traveling ergonomist and if i can't support you i'll certainly put you in touch with my peers and colleagues there's lots of us around not only in the uk but around the world who are happy to support clients we can do you know i can do remote assessments so Depending on the timeline, it doesn't. You know, we can do ten-minute assessments, twenty-minute, thirty-minute assessments, depending on what people want. So that's really easy to do. Like we're doing, Barry. You know, we're on a Skype call right now. We yep. can do a remote assessment that exactly the same way and offer advice. Alternatively, I have created an online course called Poised People, which is a set of video modules. There's twenty-nine videos. Um, they range from basically two to five minutes per video. There's a community there as well, so you can interact with other people. And we do live Q&A sessions, so you can ask me any questions you want about ergonomics, workplace and health, and we can offer some advice to you that way. But just, yeah, connect with me anyway, really. I'm all, I'm all over social media and always happy to, to get on a call with somebody. 
That's really cool. And, and if I get my admin sorted out and correct, I'll make sure all them details are in the description of this uh, of this podcast. If you are a human factors practitioner or in a related discipline and are not already a member, then do look up the Chartered Institute of Ergonomics and Human Factors. They are the professional institution for all human factors practitioners. Find them at www.ergonomics.org.uk. Just before I let you go, obviously this is a very here and now issue. This is We've been thrown into homeworking um, for the vast majority of people. But can we see this changing working practices in the future? Yes. This, you know, in, in a really negative um, kind of climate at the moment that we're in, you know, it's a very severe environment and we should take it really seriously as a community and as a population. This is highly serious and we need to, you know, be pitching in for each other. So, I don't want to make light of the situation, but I think this is an exciting time for to see some change in the workplace industry and to give employees back their flexibility and allow them to now go back to their employers and say, you know what, we did it. We actually worked at home for a few weeks and it worked and you gave us that trust and we gave you the honesty and we were able to do it within within the realms of what we were given and in the time frame. So the fact that we're able to right now, a lot of us work from home in such a short space of time means that when we get back to working a bit normally, we can actually start to put in strategies in place that are more fulfilled and we can create better working practices. So in terms of that, I think it is an exciting time. And I think workplaces are going to change the way we work. I think Potentially, we're going to see more co-working spaces. Potentially, we're going to see uh, more products, innovative products coming out for specifically for home working. Because, you know, like you were saying, a lot of us just have a bed to sit on. We don't have the luxury of a table, chair and laptop kit. So how do we make that environment more ergonomic and more comfortable? So I think we're going to see some innovation on that front as well. Um, Exactly what? could not could not predict but um hopefully it's good and hopefully they've been you know invited an ergonomist to support that product design absolutely and i think also it'll be a good opportunity for managers to or senior managements within organizations as well to who maybe been reluctant to trust um people outside of you know not thinking that people don't get up to any work outside of the office space that actually they'll see productivity productivity so it's not just us saying we can do it we, as you quite rightly point out, we will have done it and people will people naturally step up to the mark. So, um, Kirsty, thank you very, very much for your time. I know it's, um, it is a very stressful time for everybody at the moment, but hopefully your advice will be invaluable to people. Um, we, like I said, I will put all the details, um, all your contact details on the, uh, on, on the podcast description. And, and I hope you just keep safe. And obviously the, the conference this year, the ergonomic conference is not going ahead in a physical format. Um, as a slight aside, we were hoping to do a bit of a, a joint podcast there. Um, but I would, would like, love it if we could um, catch up again at some point in the future and do a bit more detailed into, bit detailed interview, interview with yourself about what it is, what you do and the stuff you've learned. Because I think your career and the way that you're taking things forward is absolutely fascinating. So thank you very much for your time. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much, Barry. This has been good fun. I know we've been communicating on Twitter for a few months now and had planned to meet up for the conference in person and have a good old chin wag and get some content together. So 
I'm sad that that hasn't happened, but I'm so glad we were able to do this and, and meet over a Skype call. And I think there's certainly things that we can support each other with and, you know, the wider audience with in terms of content. I think we just need to get our hands down, us to get our <laughs> heads down now and figure out how we can do that. Yes, it'll have to be a, a virtual pint rather than a physical one for the moment. Yeah, for the moment. We'll, we'll save it, though. We'll, we'll get a proper pint in the next few months. Thank you for listening to 1202, the Human Factors podcast. Please do get in touch with your thoughts, questions, and comments. You can contact us at www.barrykirby.co.uk and on Twitter at B-A-Z underscore K. See you next time. And remember, it's more than just common sense.